Welcome to Tribes Podcast. Hey, we just want to say thank you for making this message a part of your week. Our prayer is that these messages will inspire you to make the name of Jesus famous in your life and to the uttermost bounds of the earth. If you're ever in Jackson Hole, we'd love for you to visit our tribe fam in person. To learn more about us, you can find us online or at Facebook by searching tribejh.com. Oh, that was a especially good worship. I want to give a quick shout out to some of our tribe, extended tribe family members that tune in regularly to the live stream as a part of our discipleship campuses in places like the Bahamas and uh, the Whitmires right here in Jackson. Uh, Friends that are tuning in all the way from the exotic location of Bondurant, Wyoming. Uh, Meeks, love you guys. Um, people that are watching in Arizona, Gabi that watches in Germany, and uh, other tribe fam that are tuning in. Maybe you're making the most of the summer and you're out on the road, but I just want to tell you thank you for tuning in to not just watch. Oh my goodness, that would be literally the worst thing you can do. Just watching the service, but I want you to participate in the service in the Well, worst things that you could do would be pay for a gym membership, get all dressed up in your gym gear, go to the gym, walk around, look at the weights, not lift anything, walk out and think that you've worked out. That's, that would be worse. And so as we, so how do you participate? How do you get the workout in? Well, uh, open up your Bibles. Um, go through these verses with us. Pray with us. When Lissa exhorts in worship, um, just participate in, in every way that you possibly can. You hear me say this during the live stream all the time, but press pause and discuss. If you're watching with the family, maybe you've got a discipleship group there. Uh, watch with others that you are gathered with. Talk about it. Discuss it. Pray about it. That's how you get that workout in. With that in mind, uh, I want to tell you that this week we are starting three weeks worth of messages that have recently come across my radar as I'm uh, digging in his word and, and, and reading and, and just on my own study. I've come across a, a very interesting um, tactic that Jesus does. And as we go through these three different weeks, hopefully you will see what Jesus is up to as he, as we get to watch him interact with three different people on three different occasions. Uh, you could say that Jesus is being playful. You could say that Jesus is, is getting the people that he interacts with to stop and think for a moment. And I'm titling this series, Jesus Asks the Impossible. Jesus asks the impossible. So if you're taking notes, you can write at the top of your notes, Jesus asks the impossible week one, impossible faith. And if you have your Bible with you this morning, let's look at John chapter three. What's that? Okay, fine. I'll just give you a quick heads up of where we're going for the next three weeks. I know that you're, you're, you're dying to know. So we're going to look at, at, at three different Uh, interactions that Jesus has with different people. Jesus has an interaction with Nicodemus, which we're going to look at today, where Jesus asks 
Nicodemus the impossible. Nicodemus ends up saying, what, how is it, like, how is a person, a grown man supposed to go back into their woman's, into their mother's womb? That's impossible. Then next week, we're going to look at Philip. Jesus turns to, or Philip says to Jesus, all these people here, they're so hungry. Let's send them home so they can get a bite to eat. Jesus turns to him and says, you feed them. Philip says, what? There's got to be 5,000 men here. It would take months worth of salary and wages to be able to feed all these people. That's impossible. impossible. And then the last story that we're going to look at in week three is when Jesus uh, interacts with the woman at the well. Jesus says, low down your bucket and give me a drink. And then he says, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask him for a drink of water. And then she says, you have no bucket, you have no rope, this well is deep. That's impossible. So why does Jesus put these three different people in or ask of them impossible things? And what does that mean for us today? Does Jesus do that today? Has, is Jesus asking us for something that might seem impossible well, that's what we're going to dig into for these next three weeks. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, let's look at John chapter 3, and we're just going to read verse 1 through 15. So I'm going to read that this morning, and you can follow along. I'm also going to keep these next three weeks just really simple. We're not going to cut back and forth to notes and keynotes. It's just going to be you and me. Or wait, I should say you and me. You and me, making uninterrupted eye contact unless you press pause and discuss it with your discipleship campus. But let's get into John chapter 3 together. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Here we go. Jesus is just, he just gets right to it, doesn't he? What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb again, womb and be born again? I assure you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without first being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain, brackets, parentheses, with natural, normal, human reasoning, how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. Who's we? When he says we, is, he, is this like in reference to the Trinity again, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes. But Jesus is thinking of the long line of, of the prophets from the Old Testament that, that taught people and tried to open people's eyes and open the eyes of their hearts to the kingdom of God. So when he says, I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, but yet you won't believe our testimony. 
But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No, the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses was lifted up on the bronze snake and the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Let's just pause. Let's pause right there in our reading. So what I want to do is I want to go back through this passage and I want to I want to break it down so that you can see the mindset that Nicodemus has, where his thinking is at, how Jesus challenges him, and then translate it to, to our world. Is Jesus challenging us today? And and is he asking something impossible of us? And really, is it really that impossible? Or from our current mindset, from our current level of thinking, from our current way of perceiving things, is it just impossible? In that case, sounds like we need an upgrade. First of all, let's look at Nicodemus. That name means a conqueror of people. And not just people, but entire nations or people groups is the idea behind the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus had conquered the nation of the academic, the Jewish academic world. He was a wise scholar. And look where it says here uh, in verse 10, you are a respected Jewish teacher. Some translations replace that A with a definitive article, the. You are the respected Jewish teacher. Doesn't mean that he was the high priest, but perhaps In his day, he was the most educated and brilliant and smart scholar. He knew the Torah forwards and backwards, up one side and down the other. Jesus says, you are the respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand. Nicodemus, his name means that he has conquered nations and and entire people groups. So, that's important to remember because it gives us a clue into Nicodemus's mindset. Nicodemus, when he encounters Jesus that night, first of all, there was, there was some controversy about meeting this character Jesus, which is why Nicodemus chose to arrange a meeting with Jesus at nighttime. Why didn't he meet him in the daytime? Why didn't he meet him at one of the ministry sites? Why didn't he meet him when Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues? It was in the cover of darkness. So there's an element of Nicodemus, even though he had conquered all of this education, his pride was in control and his pride had conquered him which is why only under the cover of darkness would, would Nicodemus meet with Jesus. Then he starts out by what could be interpreted as kind of placating Jesus. Jesus, now I'm not going, Nicodemus is saying, if I could use the Brian Hunter paraphrase, now I'm not going to deny that you have done some pretty amazing things, but I'm not quite ready to admit that you are who the scriptures clearly point to and who you, Jesus, clearly say and testify that you are, the Son of God. So Nicodemus goes part way because once again, his pride was was tripping him up. Remember, he's the conqueror. Nothing could defeat him. Nothing could outsmart him. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus 
and starts by giving Jesus a little bit of credit. Jesus doesn't take that. He's like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need your, your uh, half-hearted accolades towards me. Let's just yank open the drawer, spill out the contents on the table, and see what we come up with. So Jesus cuts right to the heart of the issue, and he says this, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And then verses 5 through 9, Jesus takes the time. How interesting is it that Jesus could have said that, dropped the mic, and walked away? And we've actually seen him make some statements that kind of end the conversation. But even with Nicodemus's pride, even with his arrogance, we see Jesus doing something remarkable here. He takes the time to explain the statement to Nicodemus. And that's what we see in verse 5 through 9. Jesus tells Nicodemus, essentially, that, Nicodemus, you're trying to understand the nature, the character, the kingdom of God with just your five senses. And the kingdom of God is not based upon any of your five senses. The kingdom of God can only be experienced by faith with spiritual senses. And then he breaks it down really plain for Nicodemus. Spiritual senses can only come from a spiritual birth. Now, I don't want to go too far in the life history and the story of Nicodemus because we actually see the character of Nicodemus several more times in the story of Jesus. And if you follow that, the, the TV series, TV series? Do we even have TV anymore? Um, if you follow uh, the story of Jesus in the series, The Chosen, we've already seen Nicodemus on the scene. In fact, he's been a, a prevalent character, at least in season one. And I cannot wait to see Nicodemus's transformation that happens towards the end of the story of the life of Jesus, because we see him again. So I don't want you to think that Jesus said these things, Nicodemus walked away hard-hearted. Jesus said these things, said some impossible things, and Nicodemus wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with him. So now, how about us? How do we wrestle with these things? If the title of this morning's message is Impossible Faith, well, how do we develop faith? Faith can only come from a spiritual birth. But like a muscle, faith must be developed. Well, how do we develop faith? Well, let's look at the exact same story that Jesus looked at as he was, as that Jesus referenced when he was talking to Nicodemus back in Numbers chapter 21. Why don't we turn there really quick? Back, back, back. Okay. Numbers chapter 21, and I'm going to just, well, let's see, how much of this do I want to read? It's not that long. Let's go ahead and read from verse 4. 
Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea. Go around to the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? Can you see the arrogance? Why have you brought us out of Egypt as if they know we're just going to die? Grumbling and complaining. There's nothing to eat here. There's nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. Can you hear the, just the, the, the pride dripping off of their words and the arrogance? What God has provided for, they're despising. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. Whoops. Many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. All right, now they're showing some humility. Now they're showing some contriteness. Now the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now we're making some progress. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Oh, I like, I like this part. There's so much to preach in here. Imagine what Moses prayed. He dropped down on his knees. Lord God, the God who parted the Red Sea, the God who delivered Israel with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm, the God who single-handedly defeated the entire Egyptian army. God, I ask that you would heal the people who've been bitten by snakes. And Lord, in the same way that you struck Pharaoh, in the same way that, that the, the snake of the staff of God swallowed up the snake of the sorcerers, Janus and Jambre, God, I pray that you would swallow up these poisonous snakes. And then listen to the Lord's response. Then the Lord told him, well, here's what I want you to do. Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. Huh? All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. God, that sounds impossible to just look at a snake and then they'll be healed? That sounds impossible. So Moses made a snake. I love that. We don't see any evidence of Moses arguing, any evidence of, of Moses uh, uh, talking back to God. God, that's not how medicine works, to look at something and be healed. That's not, that's not how it works. God, all we see of Moses is he just simply obeyed. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. Oh, all of us have been bitten by the poisonous snake of sin. Every single one of us. Not one of us in the camp of humanity have escaped the poisonous bite and the effects that is terminal that will lead to death, all of us have been bitten by that snake. And yet all of us simply have to look and believe on the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross to be healed from our sin-sick condition. Oh man, that will preach, won't it? Woo! So here's the story of Moses and the bronze snake. How do we develop that faith muscle so that when Jesus asks us of the impossible, we can respond appropriately? 
Well, in Numbers chapter 21, we saw that all we need to do is simply believe. Did you know that believing, having faith, is like a muscle? You can have a muscle, but that just because you have that muscle, it doesn't mean that it is strong. Because you have a muscle, that means that it needs to be worked out so that it can become strong. Does that, that make sense? So how do I actually exercise a faith muscle? Instead of being like Nicodemus, who just relied on his five senses to engage and interact and use, use, uh, use his intellect, Jesus is saying that something else needs to happen, that we need to be born of spirit. There needs to be a spiritual belief, faith muscle that must be exercised. So if we're just going to get really practical, how? How do I exercise that faith muscle? So that when Jesus asks the impossible of me, because if he hasn't yet, he gonna, I can respond not like Nicodemus, but more like Moses. Well, I've written down a couple of verses here for us to, to look at. So we're answering the question, how do I exercise? How do I build up that faith muscle? What can be done? Here's one thing that you can do. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Oh, there's that word again, Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. We know Him as the Holy Spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirits. Now look at this juxtaposition between Nicodemus and his five senses. That's the spirit of the world and God's spirit, God's Holy Spirit that lives within us. And we have received God's spirit so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Now that passage might sound really familiar to you and it's easy to, to glaze over. If you need to hit pause and read that uh, out loud, if you need to read that with your tribe discipleship campus, that's fine. But let me read it to you from the Passion Translation. And Jacob's going to plug his ears while I read this. From the Passion Translation, it says this, But now God unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, He has revealed to us His inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulse except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. Same verse read from, from two different ways. So what is Paul telling us? How do we, what is one way that we exercise that faith muscle so that when Jesus asks the impossible, we can respond appropriately? By cultivating a relationship with God's 
Holy Spirit. When we cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he, re, he, he shows us God's deep secrets. And we have received God's Spirit so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Well, how, how do we know these things? By the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to cultivate a relationship with Him. Well, now you might be asking, okay, so how can I work on cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit that will help me exercise that faith muscle. Well, listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. This is one of several of Paul's powerful prayers that he prays for the church and that we would do well to pray over ourselves and to pray over our church. Listen to Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I'm asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. Wait a minute. Not earthly Nicodemus wisdom. Not earthly nation of Israel grumbling and complaining type of wisdom. But spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow. Here we go. There's this idea of of. of Uh, exercising your muscle and getting stronger so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who who are his rich and glorious inheritance. We're not going to go long today. In fact, We're going to take a little bit of uh, time today uh, to trim the message a little bit short for the sake of giving you an opportunity right here, right now, of practicing what we've been talking about. So Jesus asks the impossible of Nicodemus. Nicodemus only thinks of this idea of being born again as impossible only because he is looking at he is considering this what Jesus has said with just his natural intellect if we are going to hear Jesus ask the impossible of us and have impossible faith like it tells us in numbers chapter 21 simply Believe. Look at the snake and they'll be healed. First Corinthians tells us that it's God's Holy Spirit that reveals these spiritual things. And we need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 1.17 says, asking God, that's prayer. Wait, so you're saying that all I have to do is ask God? Yup. In the same way that all Israel had to do, whoever was bitten, was simply look at the bronze snake. Our natural mind is conquered when we exercise our faith muscle. One of the ways that our faith muscle is developed is by cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit by asking him in prayer 
open up the spiritual eyes of my heart so that I can see you. So that when I hear you ask something of me, in the natural, I'm still going to think it's impossible. But because through prayer and spending time with you and walking in obedience to you, that muscle gets bigger and bigger. I pray in English. I pray in my prayer language. I encourage you to exercise that muscle as often as you absolutely can. Wait, I don't have a prayer language. Well, have you asked him? I've asked him, but nothing's happened. Well, did you ask him and then just sit there like this? Or did you simply believe, trust, take a step of faith? Man, that's what's going to start exercising that, that muscle of faith right there for the impossible. Why don't we take just a moment this morning? I know that we haven't gone long, but, but sometimes shorter and sweeter is even better. Let's just take a moment. If you need to press pause on the live stream, you can. Uh, you can keep it rolling. Rolling? Do you even say that? Sure. Yeah. You can keep you can keep the live stream rolling as Lissa plays. And let's just, why don't we just do this together? Let's just take a little bit of time. Just invite the Holy Spirit right where he is either in Arizona or the Bahamas or Germany, Bondurant, the Aspens, wherever it is that you might be watching from today. For my own self, I just want to pray Ephesians. 117, and you can use what I pray as a model to pray for you. God, I'm asking you to give me spiritual wisdom and insight so that I can grow in knowledge of you. God, would you flood my heart with light? so that I can understand the confident hope that you've already given to me. Lord, I want to be your rich and glorious inheritance. Take just a moment and talk to him and ask him.
Maybe somebody listening to this podcast or watching the live stream has run into a roadblock in their relationship with God because he has asked them to do something impossible or told them something that seems impossible. And from your current perspective and resources, your estimation is correct. It is impossible. But it's time to, to drop the pride of Nicodemus. It's, try, it's time to drop the arrogance and complaining like the nation of Israel. And simply look at the snake and believe. It's simply... Time to cultivate that relationship. Cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. We do that through prayer. You know, I had a I had a a person uh, over me in ministry one time who when we were talking to them about before we went to Mongolia, hey, I feel like God's calling us to go to Mongolia. And he's like, that's impossible. And he said, you know, um, I feel like God spoke to me years ago. And he said, I want you to be a pastor and a, and a missionary and evangelist in, was it the UK? In England. And then the guy told me, but that was impossible. Jesus will bring you to that place and present you with the impossible for the purpose of showing you your own limitations with the hope that you will cry out to him, Lord, I need an upgrade. And he's always faithful and true. So this week, I invite you to just look back, review the tape of your recent relationship with the Lord. Has he brought you to an impossible place? Has he brought out a situation or brought you to uh, a, a crossroads where it just seems impossible? He's done that on purpose. On the other side of impossible is this amazing breakthrough. Let me pray for you. Then we'll receive tithes and offerings, share a couple announcements with you, and then uh, carry on with our week. Let me pray for you. Father, I just have a sense that, that you have brought and or you are bringing members of your tribe fam to this crossroads of a situation that seems impossible 
Maybe there's a situation in their finances that seems impossible. Maybe uh, there's a, a relational dynamic within their family, like this just seems impossible to be able to fix. Or a medical report from a doctor, whatever it is. Jesus, you brought Nicodemus to that place where he uttered, that's impossible. The reason you did that and the reason why you're doing that with your tribe fam is to show them the limits of their own resources. Father, my prayer, like Ephesians 1, 17 through 18, is that you would give them an upgrade in their faith, that their eyes of their heart would be opened, They would encounter you, Jesus, and they would be transformed as they step out in obedience. And that you would meet them right on the other side of their impossible. Mm. Before I say amen, it just seems to make sense to roll right into uh, talking about finances because I don't know about you, but Oftentimes in our family, we've been, we've been up against an impossible situation in our finances. But on the other side of that, God is always, always faithful as we step out in obedience to Him. And I have found that if you are in a situation of impossibility in one area of your life, things don't seem to break loose. If you step out in faith, exercise that that faith muscle that you have in a different area, sometimes it can loosen things up in all of the areas. So for example, what if you're up against uh, a difficult situation relationally, maybe with a family member or a coworker or something, and you just keep butting your head against this impossible situation? There's a breakthrough that can happen in this situation if you start by exercising that faith muscle in the area of your finances with tithes and offerings. Now, I don't want to get too word of faithy. Don't don't start thinking that like, well, if I just plant, if I have a need over here, but I plant a seed over here that God's going to do. I am saying that, but I'm not saying it for you to get all hung up on bad word of faith theology that you might have stepped in some time ago. Just let that go in the name of Jesus, all right? But there's this principle. There's this principle, and we can see it in the Old Testament with Naaman. Naaman the leper, he went to the prophet and expected a breakthrough in this area, but the prophet told him, go do an act of obedience in this area. Dip in the Jordan seven times. Naaman was like, but he did. He obeyed. And then God gave him a breakthrough in this area. Lord, I'm not just saying these words, trying to be like a, like a televangelist preacher, but the Lord just told me that, that for somebody that tunes into this live stream regularly, there's something that they've been bumping up against like a brick wall in prayer and that it seems impossible oh with the at the risk of sounding cheesy i just feel so strongly in my spirit that the lord would tell you that breakthrough is coming that breakthrough is coming on the other side of impossible 
That breakthrough is coming. So Lord, I just ask that nothing would hinder that breakthrough for any of your tribe family. We pray these things in Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And everybody said, Amen. Lissa and I and our tribe fam that's here today tell you that we love you. We're praying for you. I want you to have a great week. And remember, you got this. <laughs>